Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck Nicks? It's me, Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. It's been a fun run lately. A lot of good conversations. I enjoy talking to creative people that do interesting things. I worry about it sometimes. I worry about when you talk to somebody like, let's say Tony Kushner last week, when you talk to somebody that has a sort of intellectual and elevated sense of, of creativity and a sophistication and a sense of purpose and an idea of moving things forward in a progressive way, and you look at the culture we live in and you start to think like, well, is all that going to go away? Is all of that, when does that get steamrolled by stupidity? When does the sort of movements of progressive creativity start getting steamrolled by stupidity. I mean, they're already almost all marginalized to some degree, and this is just output. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about art in and of itself, painting, jazz, poetry, things that were sort of uh, kind of soul sustenance, things that you, you may not do every day, but when you when you do them, you're sort of like, why don't I do these things every day? Why don't I nourish my brain with this type of, of, of creativity. I don't know what happens to it all. And maybe I'm just becoming an old guy, but it just seems that uh, there's a consolidation of you know, dumb, dumb output going on that seems to be kind of like a, a tsunami, just kind of steamrolling and blowing over the kind of more delicate, more fragile, more personal, actually more risky voices and output. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that, you know, once the stupid decide on a uniform, we're all in trouble. And uh, I guess we'll all be eating the same thing and listening to the same marching band. Who knows? Right? How's it going? Everybody okay? Chris Spencer's on the show today. He's a comedian. I work with him all the time. He came up to me like a couple of weeks ago and he's like, uh, can I do your show? I'm like, haven't you been on the show? Have I done that many podcasts where now I'm sort of, I don't, I'm not sure who's been on and who hasn't. I guess so. It's got to be almost 1,300. I guess that happens. Uh, he's been around a while. He He's worked uh, and written with the Wayans Brothers, with Jamie Foxx, Chris Rock. He's good friends with and produces things with and works with Kevin Hart. Uh, his big break was a, a million years ago hosting the Vibe talk show. And that was sort of what was interesting to me. Uh, you know, just going back with a dude 
that's been in it that long, you know, probably a little less time than me, has had some big breaks or, or thought to be big breaks at the time and sort of survived them not being big breaks. And we got to talking about stuff, man. I just remembering things about coming up in this business and just the idea, I, living in this city. I'm in New York right now. I didn't tell you I was coming, but that's where I am. I'm here. I'm in New York City. I got to be honest with you, I'm an old man already, and uh, this is the nicest hotel room I've ever stayed in. And it's not even that extravagant. It's a suite, but it's just so fucking tastefully done. It not that exciting? Isn't that a nice thing that, uh, you know, at this age, you can experience sort of like, oh, like, I've been in a lot of hotels in my life. I've been, I've even been in some really nice ones. One night, I stayed at, uh, what's that hotel in Austin? There's some old-ass hotel in Austin and somehow or another, I was put in the LBJ suite. And it was like, you know, leather furniture. Uh, uh, it was huge. I think there was like a, a kitchen in it. The Driscoll. That must be it, right? The Driscoll? Sure. I think that's it. And somehow or another, I'm in this LBJ suite. And it was way too much room for me. There was like a dining room. It was crazy. And as extravagant as that was, that should have been like, this is really amazing. This is an amazing hotel room. But I was there for one night. I was literally in that room for like six hours. I couldn't even, you know, you know, sh- sit on all of the furniture or even use all the rooms or, or even, you know, sort of, I don't even think I had time to masturbate in the LBJ suite. But right now I'm down in Soho and I don't know if it was just redone or what, but the decor, and I, maybe I'm just getting old and soft, I don't know, is just stunning down to every detail. The windows are glorious. I usually stay on the east side, but now I'm in Soho. I don't know if it's a step up, it's kind of a step sideways on the island, and and I just, I want to live in this room. Maybe that's that's what I'm working towards. Maybe someday I'll just have enough money and not enough to do, and I'll just uh, spend my last days in a hotel slowly (laughs) losing my mind nice hotel that's all i'm saying i've been here for like two days and um it's always great to come to new york i mean the, the weather although it's cold it's clear it's sunny it's crisp and it's fucking spectacular i love being here i love being in this city i think i only like it for a few days but i don't know there's some part of me i'm looking to do something something different you know before everything gets ugly i mean it's already pretty ugly but you know i don't know how much time i got left so like i uh, there's part of me that thinks like well maybe you should live part-time in new york what for can barely go to the comedy clubs here i don't know why i just don't feel like it but uh it's great being here i got here the other night i came in a night early so i could go to dinner with my buddy sam lipsite and as some of you know, I've been sort of fasting and dieting and COVIDing. And when I got here, I it was as if I had never eaten before. And I have an odd relationship with food and overeating, but Jesus Christ, it's been fucking awesome. Sam and I went over to Kiklides, which is this Greek seafood joint. They got one in, out in Queens. I got one here. We always go there. The next day, Brendan came over. We did an uh, interview, uh, Roy Wood Jr. in the hotel room here at the suite. Then we went out and got pizza, Prince Street Pizza. The square kind. Two, there, I guess there's two places to eat pizza in New York. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it's up for up for debate and argument. But uh, go to Joe's over on Carmine at 6th. Or apparently this Prince Street place, which I've never been to. But it's the uh, square style rectangle pizzas. Um, crispy bottom. Had the, uh, the, reg- the margarita slice and a pepperoni slice. It was awesome. Heart jamming. 
Then I went over to me and Brandon went over to Ferrara, the the hundred year old Italian pastry place that my grandma used to take me when we come into the city. Had a ricotta cheesecake and a sfagliatelle, you know, with the clam shaped thing with ricotta in it. Oh my god! Then last night I went to Balthazar. Oh, I can't. Why am I just? What is this? Why is all my? I love to eat, and I hate it. I just can't, I can't win. I can't win in my body. I can't win in this vessel with me. I do okay with other people, but with me, I'm not winning. Always losing. Here's what's going on. This is why I'm in New York. DreamWorks flew me out here. We're doing some press-related stuff for this animated film I'm in called The Bad Guys. It's me, Sam Rockwell, Craig Robinson, Tony Ramos, Zazie Bates, um, Alex Borstein, Aquafina. It's positioned to be a pretty big animated film, and I had not seen a full cut. And we're here to do this uh, press-related stuff for two days. That's why I'm here in New York. But last night, they screened the movie here at the hotel. Sam was there, and Zazie, and um, Lily Singh was there, and uh, the director, producers, and some you know guests of ours. It was like 20 people. And we got to watch the film in its full, you know, it's finished. And I'd never seen it before. And it's wild to see a whole animated movie where I play the snake. I'm Mr. Snake. Rockwell is Mr. Wolf. To make the adjustment, just watching it as myself, about a third of the way into the movie, it was like I was the snake. And it was emotional and engaging and exciting. I couldn't, you know, the movie's great. And it's, it's, it's about friendship in a way. And it was just so goddamn sweet and so spectacular. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled about it. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I come back to this city. I think about my past here. I think about living on the Lower East Side, you know, less than a mile away from where I am right now in the nicest hotel room I've ever been in in my life. Sitting in a fucking one-room apartment on the Lower East Side, waiting till 1030 at night to go do my one spot. Just sitting there in, with hardly a kitchen bed on the floor and now i'm over here i mean it, you know it took what 30 years 35 years but now i'm over here uh in this beautiful room and i just watched an animated movie with me in it made by dreamworks sometimes you got to be grateful i mean it could have gone either way could have gone anyway it could have gone you know i could be on the wrong side of the fucking grass man we all will but i mean why ruin a moment of gratitude why ruin a moment of gratitude with death Let's turn it to gratitude as, you know, we're in the final days of democracy and maybe the planet Earth because, you know, the bad guys win almost always. Uh, let's find a little room for gratitude for our journeys, for our appreciation of life. Let's find a moment. And let's listen to me and uh, Chris Spencer lay it out. Lives in show business. Great guy. Funny guy. Uh, you can see him regularly at the comedy store with me sometimes. Uh, you can go to his Twitter, at the Chris Spencer, to see where he's on tour. He'll be in Virginia Beach this Friday and Saturday at the Funny Bone. And this is me talking to Chris back in the garage studio back in L.A. 
Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey. So what did, what was it? What are you shooting, man? I shot. It's over. I shot uh, uh, a feature. Uh, but no, today? Oh, today. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> today, Kevin Hart has this show called Game Face or Face Off something. Now, okay, and, let's just back up a minute. How many shows does Kevin Hart have? Jesus Christ. <laughs> just when I thought he was, he had enough. <laughs> he has a virtual game show. Uh-huh. And today, Charlemagne the God... Uh, who's on yeah. The Breakfast Club and then the singer Saweetie and then me and my wife and we played like the easiest game you've ever seen in your yeah. life. It was like... So th- this is a Kevin Hart game show and then he's uh-huh. got a radio thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He has everything. Yeah. I have a podcast. Not a podcast. It was going to be a podcast. We you, have do, a, you still do the one with Al? No. No. We were like the first. It was like me and you and somebody else. I remember. This podcast world star. Yeah, it was called Minivan Men. Me, Maz Jobrani and Al. And Al's very big now. He's very hard to get hold of. You know, so here's, here was my problem with podcasts. Yeah. I didn't get it. So I was trying to be funny and they weren't. And I was yeah. like, how come nobody's trying to be funny? <laughs> Why are you guys just talking? Okay, too much pressure. Just ease up. Relax. Yeah, I kept trying to fucking do jokes. And yeah, they're, yeah. Like, they're just looking at You're me You're treating like, it like morning radio? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I had the little bells and shit. And <laughs> boom, boom, so, yeah. so what happened? So then I, I stopped doing it. And then they went on and I think they picked up. Uh, I think Suli McCullough did it a few times. And Suli McCullough? I haven't heard that name in a yes, while. Yes, we went to college together. You and Suli? UCLA. It's every time I'm hanging out with you, you always bring up dudes where I'm like, what? The, yeah, that yes, guy. That's our generation. What? But yeah, I, well, I mean, he was around. It's our generation. You're my age. Yeah. Basically, I'm a few years older. Barely. But I'm I'm 58. I'm 61. No. Like, when did that happen? Um, just, I just, just wanted started. to win. I'm 54. <laughs> <laughs> but Sully, like, what's that guy doing? Sully's writing, producing. Doing all right? Yeah. You remember that big documentary it was a while back? I forgot it was about stand-up and Seinfeld was in it and all these people. Uh-huh. Yeah, he helped produce that. Yeah. And he does, does a lot of writing. Like, I, I used to see him around. It, it's just like, I don't know what happens to people anymore. We're fucking old. Well, you like, know what? What? A lot, I've noticed. I've started, yeah. I'm, as I'm, they quit. Do and they? Then, oh, yeah. A lot of them become writers. No, I know that one. Then there's like, the, I, they're then the smart ones. Here's the other ones that you yeah. don't know about. They go do cruise ships. No, I know that one too. That's yeah. a sad one. Sad, but they're you know they're still doing what they, I mean. For, uh, you know, I you know I guess it's. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was TV so they could saw your face. Yeah, it's the G League, but still they're, they're playing. They're playing. No, ball. I know. I know. <laughs> 
Here's what's funny. I, it's I so just don't know. I, I could never, like, I'm fortunate. No one would ever ask me to do that or Listen, think to do it. Here's what's so funny. I was going through something where I couldn't get a job, but I was uh, like, I'm about to do the cruise. When was this? Before marriage and kids. So that's 16, about 20 years ago. I couldn't get any of these cruises to, to hire me. Oh. Like, that's the word. I'm like, damn, I can't get hired on a cruise. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. But some of those dudes, they just they just live with it. That's just their life. I Listen, guess you adapt to whatever the fuck you're going to adapt to. You ready for another name? What? Steve White. Oh, geez. He fucking even moved to Florida so he could be closer to the boats. No, I know a guy that did that in, like, Portland. He's killing. Steve White. He was like a, a hybrid of, a, like, he was like a, a Warren Thomas spinoff. Jesus, great name. Yeah. Yes. Remember that guy? He was a genius. Uh, great. We worked together. Uh, you we, and Warren? We did a sketch show for Jamie Foxx we were trying to put together. This is when he was sick. Yeah. And um, Stick, Sick and still doing drugs. Still doing drugs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Warren Thomas, was it HIV he died of? Yes, he died, died of, of HIV. Uh, HIV that he used to come to work yeah. and fuck with us. Like he'd have scabs and shit, oh. and we'd be at a he'd be picking the scabs. And so I don't know if you know who Marcus King is. He's JB Fox's manager and another writing friend of mine named Johnny Mack, who was a incredibly funny writer. Yeah. And Marcus King said, "Listen, Warren is going to be working with us. Don't any, no fucking AIDS and HIV jokes. Yeah. Just come on. He's just an you know. Yeah. And we were like, cool." But Warren would go after Johnny Mac and my friend Buddy Lewis all the time, and they never went back at him because of the mandate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one day, Mar Johnny Mac said, fuck you, Marcus, and he <laughs> fucking tore Warren a new asshole. Oh, they went at He wanted to fight. He, uh, yeah, he was great, and he was a he was an intense guy. But yeah, yes. but I remember Steve White, Steve White was like Warren Thomas Light yes. doing that thing, that sort of pseudo-improv pace right. thing. yes. That's but I, very uh, fucking funny. Steve yeah, it was. To make me did scream. you ever know Reggie McFadden? Come on, the <laughs> the gold digger. <laughs> I, I I get like an email from him once every two years uh, that he's got nine wives and he's in Africa. Yes, he's, <laughs> he's the Nigerian guy with the email saying he, uh, he lost he's his guy. money. He had that thing where he's just when he got angry, it was funny. Here's what's funny: Reggie wasn't funny right here. Yeah, some yeah, very serious and weird. Some comedians have are able to manufacture the art of stand-up. Yeah. But then they're not funny people. Tell like, me about humorous, it. He's humorous. Yeah. But he's not like... Weird? It's weird, right? No, but there's a lot of guys. I mean, you guys, we've been doing it a long time. I know guys that got funny. Got funny. Yeah, and that like off stage is like nothing right. going on. Right. But, but sometimes with those guys, you just got to get the hang of them. Right. And no, but, but let me tell you what you also find out huh. is that when you talk to their family, they go, I can't believe he's a comedian. He, was, he was never funny. But they know they are. I think Like I watched... I watched like Jeff Ross get funny. I couldn't watch Jeff Ross when we started out together. Really? I was just so boring. Right. And he had a mullet and his name was Jeff Lifschultz. And no, he was just it wasn't. A, yeah, it was. And he's telling long stories. I'm like, why is this guy working? This is, this is New York? Yeah. Lifschultz. Lifschultz. Shit. Jeff right. Lifschultz. He wasn't going to make it. No. No. No, Ross. Had to switch it to Ross. Lifschultz. Yeah. 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 But uh, but that's the thing about I guess with you because I don't I don't know that we knew each other before. I remember Al mentioned you. I didn't really know you then, but I kind of remember you getting a big break and being on billboards for a thing. Right. And you had a full like goatee thing going on, yep. right? And I hair. To, I used to be cute. Yeah. Right. Right. And it was for was that the vibe thing? Yeah, I had a late night talk show. For, in, right. That was in that 1997 was... for like an hour. <laughs> As I started to Google you, I saw a picture of you clean faced and short hair, and I was like. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. And now we've been, you know, we've been hanging at the store for like yeah. the last five, six years. Yeah. And it just hit me that that's, you were him. Oh, really? Yes. That happens. That's yeah. crazy. It is. Yeah. But you were always out here. 
Yeah, but I would come out there and I, with Steve, go see Steve and yeah. and Chappelle. And I would see you and Attell and all yeah. those guys. Yeah, but oh, it was crazy so that I saw the it, short hair picture. Mark, I was oh, like, that guy. That's no. I was, it was like that's why I knew your voice. Right, right, and right. your mannerisms. Right, right, right. From back in the day. From back in the day. Yeah. But like, so what? Where the hell did you come from? I'm born and raised here. Really? Yep. Grew up in Englewood and then moved not too far from here in South Pasadena. Went yeah. to high school there. Graduated from UCLA where I met Suli. And he and I started doing stand-up at- Well, it's a family situation. Both your parents from here? Both uh, Jamaican. They're both Jamaican? Both Jamaican. Right? They talk like Jamaican? Like Jamaican, yeah. Yeah, with the yeah. accent? Yeah. That, my dad's accent is stronger than my mom's, but- It's a great accent. It's a great accent, yeah. Um, but Did you have it? Never. Hmm. And even when I try to do it, yeah. I sound good to you. Yeah. But if some Jamaican people were here, they'd be like, are you from Ireland? Like, why is your accent? <laughs> What's wrong? Where are you from? Australia? Because that shit is not us. Uh, how many siblings do you have? I, have? I hate saying it like this, but I have to say it like this. I have a sister that we both have say mom and dad. Yeah. And then I have a brother who my dad remarried. And yeah. then I have a stepsister. Okay. Well, none of them are in show business. None of them are in show business. Uh, no. So, w- how does this start? Inglewood. I with with your what was the neighborhood like? So Inglewood is uh, uh, is hood, but not really. Yeah. Parts of it. There's definitely hood parts. Yeah. So it was like hood with both parents. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you had Crips and Bloods who had a pool. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. Um, it was a great, great living environment. My block was like a lot of. Uh, middle class, working yeah. class people. Yeah, you know, there's a lawyer here, and there's a there's a dentist over there, and yeah. there's a mailman here, and then there's some some drug dealers right here. So <laughs> not far. My my mom had the greatest intuition on when to move. Yeah, crack came to Inglewood in February of '83. You know the month, March of '83. It was like Valentine's yes. Day or something. Yeah. <laughs> No, they came on Groundhog's Day. Yeah, they came. And we we moved February '83, and crack came March of '83. Like literally, I saw all of my friends starting to make money, and then them telling me stories about you know who's smoking, you know who's doing. And I was like, How old are you? Let's see, '84, sixteen, sixteen. Yeah, wow. Fifteen, sixteen when we moved. So you yeah. saw people go down. I didn't see it. Yeah. I missed it. But you had friends. I had friends, and here's what's funny. So. I was selling weed. Yeah, you know it was. It was you know. Uh, you can say that. Everybody just statute of limitations yes, okay. on that. Yeah, nineteen eighty three, guys, eighty two, and you know everybody did. Yeah. And then the next thing, of course, crack came, and my friends were selling crack. Yeah. And so I was recently at a funeral, and this guy saw me, uh, and he goes, "What's your name, man?" I was like, "Chris." He's like, "Spencer." I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, you moved to, a, you you and your family moved to like this white neighborhood, right?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, oh, man, thank God you moved. I go, why? He said, you would have been a kingpin. I was like, what kind of compliment this was that? Yeah. He was like, yeah, you were always smarter than us. You would have made some fucking money. I was like, kingpin? So I, And it's so funny. In my head, I'm always wondering who would I have been? Would I, I was a little too scared to do too much dangerous shit, but yeah. who would I have been? Would I have been the connector? Like, you know, this yeah. person needs that. Meet them on Crenshaw on yeah. 113th. Yeah. You know, I don't know who I would have been. So I've always, it's always plagued me like, damn, I wonder... Yeah, I, t- I always play that game with, like, who would I have been if I had confidence? <laughs> you <laughs> have I, confidence. I do now. But oh. if, I, like, if I was self-assured when right. I was, like, 20? Right, can you imagine? Oh, my God. Yes. If I knew what the fuck, you know, how to organize my life? No, I listened to you and Santino, and you had said, I just, finally, I just figured out show business three years ago, and I fucking screamed. <laughs> Sometimes it, it happens later. Dude, I mean, but you know. 
I mean, like you, you can be in it. You, I mean, if, yes. if anyone knows, you know, know where you think you got these opportunities. You just realize that you're a fucking puppet, exactly. and the and the only way to get out of being a puppet is to do your own thing or make Every or make a lot of money for time. somebody. Yes, yeah. But if if you get run up the flagpole and no one's like, man, I'm gonna salute that flag. Fuck yeah! Showcase then, after showcase, agent after agent, manager after. Uh, you know what? I need new pictures. Remember yeah. that, <laughs> oh, dude. That yeah. was their excuse for that's why you're you not getting you no gotta, work. You gotta get some new heads. I, I I was thinking the other day about when I my manager who was Dave Becky, the biggest manager in show business, couldn't get me a fucking break. You know, but I remember he's like, you got to do a VH1 once you do these things. These uh, like uh, interstitial things, but not not the the funny show thing. It was before those things. It was just a basically a VJ job. So they you know, he said just do a couple. Maybe you, you know maybe you find you, you can be yourself. Right. And I'm throwing. I'm like talking about Tony Braxton. I don't know who she is today. Hilarious. And, <laughs> and and he's like that's great. But I like to think he's like it's a great gig. And I'm like this is the fucking worst. Right. Because they all think they know what you are. Right. But you don't know, and right. they certainly don't fucking know, right. but and you, you just sort of do it. Because you want to check. Yeah, or you want you, you want a break. You want a, yeah, you want a break. Yeah, you know, but, it's like the money, yeah, sure, I'll take money, but it was like, if I was only in it for the money, why would I do this? Right. You want a break. That's a fucking good sentence. Right? You want a break. That's all. Like, you know, I want right. something to stick, man. Right. Why can't I be the guy that everybody, you know, was talking about? I remember when I got the uh, the late night talk show. Vibe. Vibe, yes. And I thought What year's that? Nineteen ninety seven. So what's going on? What what's what's the what's the idea? We need a a, a black late night show. Exactly. Arsenio but, had know. just Arsenio had just retired. Yeah. And it was like, you know what? There's a void in late night black in an urban late night. Yeah. So they hired me to do vibe. Yeah. But at the same fucking time, they hired Keenan Ivory Wayans to do the Keenan Ivory Wayans show. I remember and that. And we launched at the same time on the same day. Yeah. So basically <laughs> this different this, networks. This small, yeah. underserved black audience now had to choose between me and Keenan. And so I did eleven weeks, Keenan went on, and then I remember I got replaced by Sinbad. And then Sinbad and Keenan battle, and then they then Sinbad was gone. What networks were Keenan was gone. I was syndicated. Yeah. Keenan was on Fox. Yeah. And then, so that was after uh, In Living Color. Oh, yeah, after In Living Color. Wait, right. Then we all went away, and then Magic was there. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of, what happened? They, Magic, they, yeah. Anyway, I mean, he was just, they were like, who can we get more name. popular in black? Yeah. Magic. Keenan, I remember when I was at Dormant at the comedy store, I'd see him do stand-up sometimes. You, uh, you know, he's like the mystery man in a right, way. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? But I remember he came, he was hosting that show for a minute. right. And Kenan was a guy that start that discovered writing was his ticket early. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was writing with Eddie, yeah, did, uh, writing with Townsend. Yeah, right, right. The right. Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah, and then his yeah. brother Damon, of course. I used was to watch Damon comedian. all the time. I used yeah. to watch him when I was a doorman. I used to watch him all the time. You were a doorman at the Comedy Store. I was eighty six, eighty seven. Wow. Yeah, that's where that's where I yeah I, I, right after college I went and you know, just got all fucked up on blow with Kennison and all that. But I was the door guy, right? Wow. So I was there, and I was watching everybody. Where's that script? I don't know. Does anyone give a shit? Yes. Look at my face. <laughs> you fucking doing cocaine with Kennison? It's like Ugh. it's like almost famous, but with comedians. Oh, I, I learned a couple of lessons. Like you know, never be part of an entourage. Sorry, man. Is that gonna? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I purposely make sure I'm yeah. not in an entourage. Good, good. I'm friends with. I, I, I go. I go have Christmas with Jamie Fox, and then I'll go have Thanksgiving with Kevin. Yeah. And then I do. I go play golf with Cedric, oh, but I'm not. Yeah. In, nobody can say. This is my click. Well, I'm in right, Yeah, well, you don't want to be the guy that's like, Chris, you want to go get the... Uh, no. 
<laughs> you heard in the podcast with Kevin, it was like, I'm never, I'm never going to be the guy when you go, Chris, hold my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. No, no, I'd rather be broke. So, okay, so you're out, you get out of Inglewood, and then where do you move? I moved to uh, South Pasadena. That's where you grew up then, a little bit. Inglewood. 16. Two, yeah, two years. Graduated, graduated, went to PCC, Pasadena City College. What'd your dad do? My uh, father was a, I want to say entrepreneur, but you have to be successful, right? Right, sure. Yeah, he well, had businesses. He's an, <laughs> an idea man? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Furniture store, uh, restaurant, uh, uh, creating a board game. Oh, uh, really? The board game? Yeah. He has, a, he has a new recipe for fried chicken. Oh, like the he, one that's going to take over it. the world? Yes. <laughs> he's like, can you get this to somebody? I'm like, I can't. And so- uh, That's recent. Yes. He's still- <laughs> He just mentioned the. He didn't mention the chicken. He mentioned, you, he mentioned the board game the other day. No. Have you, tra- have you tried the fried chicken? It's fucking incredible. It is. It's fucking incredible. What makes incredible. it good? I think he put sugar in it. I don't know. He did something. <laughs> He's cheating because it should. It, I, I got diabetes immediately. Um, he, he, I don't know what it is. The he, board he, game. Have he, you played the board game? Yeah, the board game is great. It but is. This, I haven't played it in 30 years. He goes, I, 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 it's I, time. Dust, I dusted it off. Yeah. I was like, what? What's it, what's it called? You count. Yeah. That's all right. It's no, it, it, he has, I mean, literally, he paid a lot of money to get this board. It looks professionally done. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's time. <laughs> and it'd be fucking, what if it is time? You know what I mean? I should probably go take a look at it. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to happen? Yes. I should call him right now. <laughs> if I called him right now, you'd, you'd laugh at him. But did, when he was trying to put it together, did he sit you guys down? And you We were to, kids. Yeah. So We're talking like 40 years ago. Right. Yes. And yet. <laughs> I, we're soon rich. You count is going to take us out today. <laughs> we didn't live in a hood, but yeah, yeah. But he, uh, but the restaurant, like it's kind of it must be kind of fun to have a dad. Furniture just stores just fucking does everything. Furniture This is what we're doing now. Yes, but most his biggest job, which yeah, he wasn't good at, yeah. was gambling. Oh, yeah. really? He had that thing. Oh my god, race the race. He was a horse guy. Oh, I'm so glad I never got that one. I mean, like some guys got it so bad. A lot of our friends. I know. I know. Like when poker came, oh my God. It's just, forget. I'm just too volatile. I can't pretend. Yes. I don't like losing money. I don't either. And my ADD can't let me sit at this table that goddamn long. No, I can't do that. Even when I, if I go to Vegas and I lose like uh, $500, I'm like, that, that's I'm done. the worst. And but yeah, It's the worst. Yeah. I guess I've never won enough money to justify exactly. the excitement of right. doing it. And then you have friends like your aunt, I want 16,000 on the slots. <laughs> Fuck You're it, like, dude. which, which, and then here's what's funny, people go, which machine? Like that machine's about to pay out again. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. What'd your mom do? My mom worked for Delta Airlines for oh. 35, well, no, remember Western Airlines? Yeah. The only way to fly. Yeah. She worked for Western and then which got bought by Delta. She worked there for 36, 37 years. They took care of her? Took care of her. That's great. I can still get passes if I want to. You can? But I will not. Why? Because uh, I, I'm tortured as a kid. Yeah. When, what, um, when people used to tap us on the shoulder and go, some full paying passengers want your seat. Yeah. That's one. Second, uh, about 25 years ago, I said, you know what? I'm going to take a pass. Yeah. And uh, one of the people from Delta called my cousin and said, it was right after Vibe. Mm. And it was like, Chris, is your cousin okay? And they're like, what? Yeah, he's, he's flying non rev. <laughs> He's like, what? He's, yeah, he had to get a buddy pass to, to, to come to Atlanta. Does he need anything? I'm like, tell him my fucking mom works for the airlines. He goes, I couldn't tell him anything. So I was like, I'm never so taking a pass pride. again. Pride is yes. going to stop you from taking a yeah, pass. I can, I can afford first class now. Yeah. I'm taking first class oh, every that's time. That's the best. Every time. Every 
time. Every time. Yeah. I mean, I don't like, you know, I don't have a wife or family or debt. Like, there's only a few things that I, in life where I'm like, I'm going to do that. Right. But here's what's messed up now. Yeah. First class ain't that special. I mean, they start, mm. they're starting to give us food again. Yeah. A but for a while, it was like coach with bigger seats. You know what I mean? Well, it depends where you're going because some of those first class where you get your own apartment. Yes. Those are nice. So I've been studying. I have a friend who yeah. told me about, is a seat guru or one of them? Yeah. She goes on there and sees the plane and then she figures out the trip. Right. She's like, oh, 777 at 12.15, that's the plane I'm taking. Because she knows the the real perks. Yes. But I don't like, then there's a concierge. And now, well, these are, these are we're, we're about to sort of explore yes. the the uh, area of hack bits. Yes. Like uh, like the concierge, like who gets seated? Who does right. that bit? I don't, I don't know, but I'm sure 25 people do. Yeah. <laughs> like you just don't, you're not important. I remember the first time I saw somebody, it was Queen Latifah. Yeah. I'm on, I'm sitting in whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I saw her early, and all of a sudden, I didn't see her, and then I saw her in the seats. I was yeah. like, how'd you get here? And she just kind of smiled. I was like, uh, they fucking drove her around, and she went up into the plane. And then that happened to me once, and I was like, oh. You did that once? One time I was late for a plane. Yeah. And they were like, a Porsche Cayenne pulled up. I said, Mr. Spencer? I go, yeah, this way. And they took me outside, I went around, I got in a car, and they drove me across the airport into another plane. Really? I was like, how do I get this all the time? Yeah. They go, you can't. And then they took off. <laughs> <laughs> Who set that up for you? I have you? no clue. Because that happens. There's a Now there's that place where you can go uh, right. at the airport. Yes. And you just sit there and you can shower or whatever, whatever the fuck that is. Right. Like Gavin DeBecker, his, his company... Right, started that thing where it's like some sort of concierge service they that you pay been had that. thousands of dollars a year. I'm a shower before I leave. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about that? Don't <laughs> you shower? Yeah, I don't know what you it is. Hotel, you know, I don't know what the house. perks are. Right. I just, I just know. I'm just excited. I have the global entry card I and I, the TSA makes me See, very excited. So I have a wife. Yeah. And um, she doesn't have global entry. Oh. And it, I've been telling her for six years. Wow. And the other day there was a long ass line, and I'm almost was like. Bye. Oh no! I'll, I'll see you later. Like we had clear. Yeah. But now oh, oh, I no. had to do it because she didn't have she didn't have a TSA. Yeah, that's where you just gotta go. See you on the other side. I wanted, be all right. I wanted to leave her. You couldn't do it. She told me to go. Yeah. But she said it like that. I was like, oh, I'll, 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 I'll be right here. <laughs> just go. And I was like, motherfucker, I've been telling your ass. Why were you pouting? I was just looking at her like, because you know. <laughs> She, and she's got the little booties that she made. And yeah, I'm like, uh, I, I don't take, I don't normally take off my shoes, honey. Oh uh, yeah, I I can't, I I don't like to take mine off. Mm-mm. They always got metal in them. Anyway, <laughs> so and a knife? No, no, it's just like I wear boots. Oh right, right, right. I wear sneakers, and I like I don't like to pack shoes, yeah. so I'm gonna wear the shoes that I wear. I don't wear I love sneakers. your, I love your gear. Oh thanks, buddy. It's like Dean Del Rey gear. Yeah, well that's who got me these. Like that's yes. who he set me up with the guy. Yeah, these sweet. shoes. Yeah. yeah, but I like I get mine dirty. He doesn't get anything dirty. Oh no, he's clean. Totally. Him and his little friends. Yeah, no scuff Dean, man. No, no scuff Dean. It's, it's all it's all about resale with Dean. Right. Like as long as he doesn't fuck things up, he can sell it. <sighs> oh, he's one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. My daughter's like that. Really? She buys and trades sneakers all the time, and she's sometimes she walks so she won't wrinkle them. And I'm like, what? Are you, just fucking wear the shoes. Yeah. They have a, yeah. My kids have a better sneaker collection than me. I don't know about sneakers. No, no, I, I stopped a long time ago. I I wear them when I exercise, and that's really? it. But I have no fashion sense of sneakers. I saw you and who was who were you talking to that night about? Oh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Yeah, you guys he had were on going. some sweet ass sneakers. <laughs> I was like, I didn't expect him to have those. I was like, where the? F- what were they? Where'd, where'd, you, where'd you win these? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, what he, were they? He had on some kind of Nikes that I had never seen. See, what do, we, what do we, Nikes make 10, 20 things a month or what? Is there a new more Nike? Than, oh, more than that. Oh, really? See, this is, this is the, the, the downside of not having kids. Right. Is I don't know what the fuck has happened. Trust me. Because they drive the whole world. They do. So, like, I'm completely out of the loop. Yes. Zero. I never thought I'd be this guy, but I... Like I'll be dancing and my daughter will be like, "Don't do that." I'm like, "I'm a, I'm a good dancer." And she goes, "Yeah, maybe in '87." I'm like, "Fuck!" I, I like literally when I get dressed, yeah. I go knock on her door and ask her, "How does this look?" Yeah, and I, how does that go? She's like, no, "Take those off. You can't wear that." And I listen to. Is her she right? Every time. So when do you start doing comedy? When the hell does that happen? That so happened you- in college at UCLA. Sully and I would go around fraternity houses when I have rush week. God, what year is that, dude? This is 1988. So that's a, you've really been doing this as long as I have, yeah. right? Rush, and then they would have you know all the guys come to see uh, if they want to join this fraternity. Yeah. And they'd, they'd have shows. But you guys weren't doing open mics. You're jumping and right we, in. And then we did the Natural Fudge and uh, open mic at the Comedy Store and, uh, and Laugh Factory and all the sign-ups. We in did all that shit. 89? 89, yeah. Shit, that's right when I left. That's right when I fucking freaked out on cocaine and left. Really? Maybe 86, 87. LA just became too much for you? I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, man. I, you know, I graduated college in '86. Where'd you go? Uh, BU. I'm already, you know, I'm a little drunky already. Right. And I just like I go home for the summer, and then I come out here audition for Mitzi, and some by freaky way, you know, uh, cir- circuitous or whatever the word is, way, mm-hmm. you know, I end up getting a job as a doorman, you know, because she remembers me. Right. I, the weird, I, I did, I auditioned for her right when I got out here, and I didn't even know what I was doing. And then I got a job as a PA on something she was producing just by coincidence. So I went and said, do you remember me? She's like, oh yeah, why don't you be a doorman? So there I was. I was a doorman, 87. Peak Kennison, peak Dice, peak drugs, peak crazy, peak porn. It was fucking crazy. And then you said, I got to get the fuck out of LA so I can get my I lost my mind. Really? Yeah. Now was it just party and party and party? I was living in Crest Hill, dude. I was living in the house behind the comedy store. So I can like that you was were like, there. Yeah. So that was like the party central. I I'd be the guy that Sam would have go buy all the booze and get the house set up. So it's just like I was not getting any sleep, and I started to hear voices in my head, and I had and then I had a falling out with all those weirdos, and it, the story is a sort of like I was in the parking lot of a store losing my mind, breaking glasses and shit, like losing it, and uh, the drug dealer came. She pulled up and I'm like, dude, man, fuck them. They're, they're fucked up and like they, they fucking fucked me up. And the drug dealer said, you got you to go do your own thing. <laughs> so when the, when the drug dealer tells you to go, wow, <laughs> it's time to go. So I literally packed up my car and gave away a bunch of shit and just like left out Damn. of my mind. Took me years to get my mind back. And you were doing stand up in Boston? I went to I went home to Albuquerque. Oh, then, Albuquerque. Yeah. yeah, and then I uh, cleaned up that first time. Then I went to Boston and just started up again. Yeah, in 88, I came in second in a big competition. I started working 88. Who beat you? Sue McGinnis. Doesn't, you wouldn't know. You know what's funny? Second place guys are usually the ones that blow up. I did that in uh, San Francisco too, competition. Chris Tucker, second place, this, uh, Soul Train competition. Yeah. Martin Lawrence. Yeah. On, uh, what was it called? Three star. I'll give you three stars. Star Search. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Second place is the guy. Did you ever do a contest? Yeah. What? Uh, just a little local. Oh, not, not televised? No. Uh, oh, I couldn't do that. Too. I couldn't do it. It's so sad. Yeah. Wow. All right, so you're doing open mics. Doing open mics, doing stand-up. Then I get discovered. Have you ever a special? I shot one. Uh, I showed a half hour. About, how old is my daughter? 14, 15. Yeah. Feels like you need about a special. I do need a special. I'm shooting one in June. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot one in June. 
All right. Yeah. So, so you're doing the open mics, and what happens? And then um, I get seen by a manager named J.P. Williams, yeah. who was Jeff Foxworthy's manager, and he's like, I got an idea. Oh, I think I know this guy. Yeah. He had me open up for Jeff Foxworthy. So I was yeah. the opening act on the... On the uh, before, before he was a, Redneck? Before no, he was... On the Redneck tour, not the Blue Collar tour. It was a Redneck tour, and I, I was the opening act. So he'd already had the hook. He, he had, had the hook. He had the yeah, book, I, the books and everything. Oh shit! I I did one of my first middle uh, spots when I was in back in Albuquerque after I left LA when I started doing comedy uh, for for him before before he had the hook. Mm-hmm. He's a nice guy then. Such a nice guy. Was he then too? Always. Oh, all right. Always. So so you're the guy. I'm the guy. I'm the opening act on the Redneck tour. How'd that go? It was weird. <laughs> yeah. Like we'd be in the audience. I'd be like, after the show, people like, you were funny, black comedian. I'd be like, thanks, white cowboy. <laughs> black, black comedian. And that's how they would say, black comedian, you were funny. <laughs> I didn't think you'd be funny. How did they not think you'd be funny? I don't know. So how long did you do that for? I, uh, probably a year, two years. And that guy managed you? Yep. So you were making money opening for Jeff Foxworthy? Yeah. yeah, making money. And then I started opening for Damon. That's something, huh? That to watch great. that guy. He did oh some God. wrong-minded shit, but it was so Way great. Way early, right? So and I used funny. to want to be him. I was like, I, he but, was so great to fucking watch. Yeah, physical. Oh yeah, totally. Right. Totally. He used to say, "If I don't sweat tonight, I don't have a good set." And he would like to sweat. He loves to stand up. Loves stand up. So you're opening for him on, the road? For, on when, the road. Was he big? Me and Sean. Yeah, this was like living color. Uh, you and money. Sean. Sean. Sean Wayne's his brother. Yep. Before Marlon was doing stand up. Before Marlon wasn't even thinking about stand up. Sean was okay, I guess, right? Yeah, Sean was an incredible writer. Yeah. Yeah. And Sean sometimes would just fucking, he would blow all of us away. Yeah. So where'd you, So that was after Living Color? Living Color was still on, Yeah, but not with Damon. Damon had gotten to a point where he was coming back and they were giving him $75,000 a sketch. Wow. I thought that was a million dollars a sketch. It is a million dollars a sketch, isn't it? It felt like it. I was like $75,000. So you're just the opening guy? I'm the opening guy. And- Are you starting to get bitter? Not at all. I'm okay. fucking excited. Are you having a good David. time? I'm learning how to dress. Yeah. Fly like him. Like he would shop. I had never seen anybody shop without trying shit on. He'd be like, give me this, 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 give me this. Yeah. And we'd be out of town. I'm like, what if it doesn't fit? He goes, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Marlon. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, you got money. <laughs> I'll give it to Marlon. <laughs> and then he would do these theater dates and sometimes you get paid in cash. I'm like, Oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So yeah. what were what were your how much time did you have? I did fifteen. Yeah. Fifteen. And that's minutes. how you started. Like you didn't have to do, uh, like you didn't work out that much before that. You just. Got I mean, I was there. still doing local spots here. Yeah. And I was a regular at the Laugh Factory and Improv. I, I wasn't a comedy store guy. Yeah, I never I went to those other places. I, I never. I thought the comedy store was dirty. It is. Ugh. I was like, these are, these aren't my kind of comedians. They weren't. You know, I thought I was. I was, well, trying, you, to, I was I, trying to be Seinfeld. I had the little jacket on and everything. Oh, I could never deal with the Laugh Factory, and I never the the improv was always too much pressure, and you're going to get bumped by fuckers, right? And yeah. it was just like, a, and it was but never was, a good room. No, I got, I got especially the one in Santa Monica. Oh, that's different. That Santa was a Monica big thing. place. Yeah, that was fun. That's where they shot the show. Yeah, I did the evening at the Improv evening. down there. It's a little better down there. Listen, you can go online right now and see your old evening at the. Improv. I know. I can see. I put them on my website. Oh, really? Yeah, they're there. I saw. I, I'm not I ashamed like, of oh, them. Shit, yes. It's so funny. All of us. The, the clothes are awful. Oh, terrible! I remember I bought a Stussy shirt down the street. The real. I took the, <laughs> I took the, uh, the, the bus back to a hotel with uh, the woman who became my first wife after my evening at the improv. I took a bus 
to a shitty. I didn't know how anything worked. Isn't that funny? You just fucking were on TV. Get on a bus. High fives. And then, Kinda. And then. Yeah. Just take the bus <laughs> like an idiot. Yeah. I could. I mean, it's not like I, I was broke. I could have. You could have took a cab. Yeah. I just needed to humble myself somehow. Right. I don't want to get too big headed. And you did it. I did it. <laughs> You did a good job of like yourself. Yeah, still doing it. Fucking bust. No. Yeah, I watch those things, and I always think like, like you know, I didn't know who I was or whatever. But like, I watch them like that's me. Yeah, it's really weird to watch them, and it's sort of right. I'm just Start. not confident, and I'm like, you know, I got jokes. Right. Like I watch me like when I'm younger, and I'm like, I was doing this thing. Right. Like it was my life because I'm sort of like. I'm re- doing that repeating thing that mm-hmm. you do when you do too much road, like right. you know, I, I, you know, uh, 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 well, you know, what I'm talking about like milkshakes, right? Milkshakes. Everybody likes milkshakes or whatever the fuck it is. Right. But I'm doing all those tricks, and I'm like, wow. Right. Because you want to fucking because on the road, just, you're really trying to, you just want to get that time done. Yeah. You want to figure it out. Yep. I I just were you uh, a big road comic? No, uh, because I never understood that you had to do well to be asked back. I I just had this idea, That's Mike. Hilarious. That's fucking hilarious, right? I was just sort of like, I'm going to be me, man, right? And uh, it was not great. It was not. It was. That's <laughs> funny. You had to do well to be asked about. You figured that he got you. He called you once. Just you call me again. That's right. I'm me, man. And now it's all about the fucking numbers. They could care less if you're funny. Zero. They care less if you're a comedian. Right. What do you do? You do dog tricks? Perfect. Can you sell tickets? Can you sell tickets? I remember when the first uh, soap opera people started coming around, or or the. In in Boston and and then there was also the remember the trend where the stars brothers like you know Tom Hanks brothers I used to, I used to hoop with him you what yeah, yeah. at Damon Wayne's house actually the hot with the Jim Hanks, Hanks brother Jim Hanks there was other guys like there was a guy named Mark Godier who was a comedy store guy long haired guy kind of looked like Jackson Purdue right. I, last I heard he was like a fisherman wow. and I'm like that lucky fuck. You know, like to just turn your back on this shit and when happy. you know it's over and be like, I'm going to be a fisherman. fisherman. I bet he's happy as fuck. Too. Well, well, he's a fisherman. It's like got nothing to do with this shit. Right. You're not sitting around going like, fuck. But okay, so so you're coming up and you're opening for Damon. So when do you start getting some juice? I start booking some little sitcoms and some commercials and um, um, 97, I guess, would be the big break, if you want to call it. That's vibe. the vibe break? That's the vibe break. But you're doing like uh, like walk-on bits? Walk-on bits. I did, oh, remember Claudia Lano? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Claudia Lano had a show called, I can't remember. She had I a show on Showtime. I, I can't imagine it. <laughs> and uh, I was on there, uh, I think I did an episode or two. Yeah. But every now and then, you know, I'd pop up. I, I was in the movie The Sixth Man, and I did a lot of stuff with the Wayans family. Yeah. Don't be a minister, South Central. I did uh, Low Down, Dirty Shame. I did Blank Man. I did Don't Be a Minister, South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. So you're in, you're in with those guys. I was an honorary. I would walk around with my eyes kind of slanted so people could think I was a win. So it's so there. So that's that's uh, Damon, uh-huh. Keenan, uh-huh. uh, Marlon, uh-huh. uh, the the one, the other one, Sean. Sean. And, and Kim. Kim, those are all right. the ones that perform. Right, and the, but now the cousin. I interviewed the cousin. Yes, the gay cousin. Shant is it? Shantae. Shantae. Yeah, Shantae. She's, funny she's as great. Shit. She's his. Funny. And then Damon Junior's funny as shit. I don't know if I've seen Damon Junior. Oh my god, he's brilliant. Yeah, he reminds you of Damon though. It's spooky. Oh really? Oh my god, yeah. Damon. There's no one really that funnier than Damon, really, in on a good night, right? It's so great to watch those fuckers. That was what was great about the comedy store. Yes, watching like watching people. Well, even like guys like that, like when I was there, like Kennison broke. Right. Right. Like you know. 
he was on the road when I got there, and 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 I didn't really even like him. I'd seen him on TV on the Rodney thing or whatever. Right. But I remember going to Carl LeBeau's apartment. Carl LeBeau. Yeah, he just died. And uh, to watch the premiere of the HBO special that Sam had shot at the Roxy. And I just remember that there was like, there seemed to be like a thousand pieces of sushi. It took up most of the apartment, but everyone was so jacked on blow, no one could eat any of it. It's so and funny how there's like, there. I, like that part of comedy I've never even seen. What? The the drugs and the alcohol and the partying and the girls. But the girls wasn't really, I don't know. Like it was, ne- it was never that... glamorous when we were doing blow no it's just a bunch of dudes sitting around for three days doing blow talking listening to Sam talk with no blow jobs there's no girls anywhere you've never done coke it it takes a lot of work to get get, well I mean Sam would have a girl or two around but no there was no there was it was no glamour to it we were up in Crest Hill one night we decided to burn the furniture in the fireplace so you know that's the kind of (laughs) Mitzi fucking she just got so mad. I'm like, I don't know what happened. Who else was living there? Where's Polly? Oh, the fuck knows. Polly was 12. You oh, know, gotcha. he, he had just started doing the bit, right? right. With the hat. And it was hey, not buddy. even. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be like a little before the weasel. He had a composite headshot, you know, with, with the, like the different. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Look, Five filling, out, <laughs> filling up some, a gas tank and then holding a cheeseburger. Exactly. That's funny. Polly. <laughs> no, who was living up there? Todd. Remember the Todd? Fat Todd? The Todd, yes. The Todd, yes. Uh-huh. He was who I lived with. Oh, my God. And Schubert lived there for a minute. Uh-huh. Nancy Redman. Tamayo Atsuki. Tamayo. Yeah, who Sam used to fuck, right? Yeah. So that's what, why he would always party up there. Like, we'd do blow for a day, and then he'd end up pounding on her door. Tamayo! It's a fucking nightmare. Was the house big? Yeah. I lived in Dice's old room. I remember one time he came up there, and he's like, you ever get a blow job in the tub? I'm like, I haven't done that Wait, yet. Wait, Dice lived there too? Briefly, yeah. Back in the day. Right. Yeah. I had a good room. Yeah, remember Angel Salazar? Angel. Check it out. Yes. Did you ever see any, any good comedy fights? Any comedians box? Getting, well, there was, yeah, there was a, a big night that I've talked about many times where it was like just Sam beating up a Satanist. Do you remember Larry Scarano? He's this little guy from Philly, I think. He used to work at the store. He's so funny because I ran into him years later. He's a guy that thinks everybody stole everything from him. I know a couple of people like that. Like, you no, know, but the, dude, this guy literally said, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know when a, a cop drives by and you hear the sirens, you know, and say, that's my ride, it's mine. <sighs> so he thinks the, the grocery card hitting the back of your ankles is too? He was funny. Really? I, mean, I think I, I ran into him. I think he was like driving a cab or something. I mean, now we're going to get, you know what's going to happen with this episode mm. is I'm going to get emails. Oh, yes. And people are going to tell me what they're doing. Right. Or people are going to say like, That's I good. know that guy. That's good. Sure, man. It's nice to know people are still alive. Dude, I I once middled in Albuquerque for Vince Champ. Vince Champ. What a fucking story. It's crazy. That's the craziest story ever because he was a square. Totally. By day, by night, and then a rapist, a rapist, like a, in the worst fucking horrendous college, college music departments. Jesus, that guy was like a bad impressionist. He did dumb characters. Yes. Was clean, talked like a white guy, corny as fuck. Yeah, they showed a, they did a, I don't know, expose. They did something on him. He looks so fucking crazy now. He's been in prison for what twenty some odd years at least. Is he never getting out? I don't think so. I don't know. 
So, all right, so it's 97, you get the vibe break after doing vibe this break. and that. Vibe break, I do that for 11 weeks, and then I'm back hitting the pavement. Oh, but dude, how fucking horrible was that? Poor me. Oh, there's my son calling, saying, who's picking me up? Are you supposed to be good and picking him up? Yep. <laughs> what time is it? 4.45. What time are you supposed to pick him up? I don't know. He's probably saying I'm ready now. Really? Yeah. But we were supposed to do this at 6. Did you think you'd be done? No. Well, oh. I had pushed everything, and then my wife was going to... I would have picked him up and been here at six, but then my wife decides that she's going to a dinner. So he's just going to have to wait? I guess he'll have to wait a couple minutes. Where is he? In school. Now I feel pressured. Don't feel pressured. Don't feel pressured. Oh, he'll be all right? Let me, let me text him and tell him to Uber. There you go. <laughs> See, we couldn't do that. We'd have to be, uh, we'd have to take the bus. <laughs> yeah. Or get a ride with your friend's parents. Or Here's my son. I'm done. Hold on. How old is he? 16. Greatest kid in the world. Really? Oh, Thank God. He's like a young me. I, you know, good for you for having kids and having them turn out okay. They're great, great kids. Yeah? I'm so fortunate, yeah, man. I mean, they're not as great as when p- people tell me about them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they have a different... Let me take that back. No, they're great. Yes. I know they're great because when they're out and, and other people say, your kids did X, Y, and Z, they helped me with this, and, you know, I have a toddler, and, you know, yeah. they just... They're very mannerly. Good people. They're good people. Are both your folks still alive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they got grandparents. They got grandparents. They on got both relationships sides. with that. And I had two great dads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had the stepfather. Who, oh, he was a good one. Great one. Ne- yeah. That's not. Yeah, that's a fifty-fifty thing. You know, yeah. He was stepfather. great, but like we've never had an argument. Yeah. But I've I always complained. Like I've I've wrote a book. I had two dads, but none of them played catch with me. Right. Like. Yeah. My stepfather was like kind of hands off, like you have a dad, I'm yeah. just here to pay bills and take care of you, yeah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then my father was like, fuck it, you got a stepfather, you can pay for that shit. <laughs> I never had no birds and the bees talk from anybody, my first sip, <laughs> cigarette, whatever whatever dads and sons do, I, I, there's some shit I missed. Yeah. yeah but it seems like you turned out all right. I turned out pretty fucking, I had a great mom. So so the vibe thing just craps out pretty quick. Craps out like, And you were, you were on billboards, dude. How yeah. old were you? No, I, I was on billboards. The word vibe. That, so this is when I knew some shit was fucked up. Two things let me know. One, they had billboards of Keenan, and then they had the word vibe with white people written in the letters. No pictures of me. I was like, this, oh, no. this is a sign, right? I was on. I was in magazines and stuff, but yeah. it's just like advertisements. Right. And then there was a big ass party for Vibe yeah. for Chris Spencer's coming out party. Yeah. It's at the Peterson Museum. Do you know where I'm going with this? Nope. Peterson Museum is, I, I go there. Where is it? This is where Biggie got shot. Oh. That's a, why they had it there? This is at the Vibe, it was a Vibe <laughs> magazine party. And so I thought this was my party. Yeah. I go there and there's pictures of everybody but me. There's pictures of Puffy. There's pictures of Mary J. Blige. There's pictures of Tony Braxton. So the writing was on the wall already before it I, even started? I felt shit early. Oh. I remember, listen to this. I remember uh, the first show. They didn't even start off with me. It was Quincy Jones interviewing Bill Clinton via satellite. Yeah. We do the show. It was a credible show. Whoopi was on it. Fucking, I don't know. It was a big ass show. But but you're hosting it. Now I come out. Quincy introduces me. Yeah. Right. They're like, the world knows Quincy. Let's have Quincy start out. So that happens. We're at the, uh, the first meeting of the morning. I get a phone call. They're like, Chris Rock's on the phone. Yeah. I go, Chris Rock wants to talk to you. I'm like, yeah. okay. He goes, yo. He goes, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I go, what are you talking about? He said, what the fuck are you doing? He said, I said, what? He goes, you had the president of the United States on your TV show? I go, yeah, that was Quincy's friend. He wanted to, he goes, let me ask you something. When you see the president on TV, what do you do? I go, I turn the channel. He goes, and that's what motherfuckers was doing last <laughs> night. 
I was like, <laughs> shit, how did he get the number? Because it wasn't, we weren't having, it wasn't cell phones. This motherfucker called the Vibe office. Interesting. And, and you'd not met him before? Yeah, we were friends. Oh, okay, okay. But the fact that he called the office and yeah, said, yeah, yeah. bring the phone to Chris. Yeah. Well, that's, well, do you think it was like, uh, like how much of that becomes like a community thing? Like, you know, is that just a, a showbiz thing or is that sort of like, you know, we're trying to do something here. Why are you having that boring fucking president on here? Absolutely. Mm. Why would I have the president on a late night talk show? Yeah. And then I'm not even interviewing him. This is Quincy Jones talking to Bill Clinton via oh, satellite, dude. a screen. Yeah. And so I remember the first hiccup. Yeah. Uh, Bill goes, hey, Quincy. He goes, what's up, Bill? And everybody's like, oh, you're not supposed to call him by his first name. <laughs> but, you know, Quincy yeah, Jones yeah, probably yeah. funded the motherfucker. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Bill don't care. Yeah. Bill so care. so that was it. Right out of the gate. Boom. You know, you're, Boom. You're, then I started doing sitcoms, commercials, a few movies here and there. And then I started writing for a lot of people. So like I was saying, you know, uh, what's great about stand-up is yeah. either you blow up or maybe one of your friends blows up. Right. And so when my friends were blowing up, the Jamies, the... the, the you're tight with Jamie? Yeah. Yeah. So they'll get award shows or they'll get gigs and they need people to write. And that's how my writing career kind of started. Right. Writing for Jamie for the, you know, the ESPYs and Cedric for this award show yeah. and Steve Harvey. And How's Cedric doing? He's great. Oh, good. Great guy. He is. Great um, guy. You've never heard anybody say fuck Cedric. That's good. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw Cedric, it was the Aspen Comedy Festival. And uh, <laughs> it was really something because he can't breathe up there. And it was like, I think it was the first year they had an urban show. Right. And it was like Cedric and Bernie Mac wow. in the snow. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I'd never seen Bernie. I'd never seen anything like that guy. That motherfucker was a... insane. Insane. So good. Incredible. And the, from what I could understand. Yes. There's a, a lot of topics that were not for... Um, not for I, not probably for, not for the Aspen crowd either. I know, right. man. No. But it was so funny to see them up there. I can't remember who else was on that show, but it was kind of amazing. I remember I did that fucking Aspen Comedy Festival. Oh, really? As what? I took an L. Yeah? Oh, yeah. What happened? I wanted to, I, I bombed. I, I wanted to roll down the fucking... The, 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 the mountain. Oh. I'm not a festival guy. What year was that? It's hard up there, man. You can't, can't breathe remember. up there. I tanked so hard up there on a TV show. Damn. Ate it bad. What show? It was called Kicking Aspen. And, you know, I was all immersed in telling stories and alternative kind of shit. And a friend of mine saw it. He said, I just watched Dragging Aspen. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell those long stories on those little short form shows. You got to go joke, joke, joke. 15 you seconds. Do, joke, man. Joke, joke. Oh, God, did I tank bad. Yeah. I've eaten some serious shit on television. So, okay, so vibe craps out. Is this, <laughs> is this when you thought about doing the boats? No, a little bit later. But like, were were you headlining, dude? So I never really did the road like people did the road, like because I think that's why I couldn't like I could never place you. Yes, I didn't do the road. But did you have the time? I had specialty gigs. I should have done the road. You had the time. I sh of course. Yeah. And you're talking about the time to do it or the, the, the forty five minutes? Forty five hour. I don't know, because <laughs> I was a twenty minute champion. Right. But you know, I had it because whenever I had to do some 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 corporate shit for an hour, I did it. But I just never did the road. And I think I was spoiled. Because the road money, a whole week equaled exactly what Damon or Chris Rock or somebody was paying me to open for him. Dude, like I never, I never knew how much those fuckers were making on the road until I started making money on the road. 
Like, yeah. you know, you'd middle for a guy and they'd give you foot. Like uh, back when, you know, I was post boom, but you could still make maybe 800 bucks. Right. For, for a Wednesday through Sunday middle mm-hmm. with, with a little bit of travel. Mm-hmm. And these fuckers would come in, Jake Johansson, Rich Jenny, these Jake guys. Jake Johansson. Right. So you're like, you know, how, what are these? And then all of a sudden when you start, when I start doing door deals now, I'm like, is this what these motherfuckers were making then? And still 80% you- of the door. And they were walking away with a fortune. Some of those guys in the 80s. I never got it. I thought it was just sort of like, well, yeah. they must get like, like 1400 t- Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Johansson. Because when I started headlining as a non-draw, you know, you'd be like, if you got seventeen you're like, holy shit, man. Oh, good God. week. And the fucking, and, and the condo. Mm-hmm. Oh. I never did the condo either. You missed out a whole, a whole chunk of shit. I never was a road dog, but right. I definitely did it. Right. You know, most, yeah. You sell, did you sell merch back then? I sold merch up till like I was selling merch more recently. I right. think when I was doing the road, right when the podcast started, I had buttons, I had fucking shirts. Yeah, I'd show up at the hotel. I never had a road manager because I I just never thought to do that shit because like I wasn't making that much money. Right. But you know you'd have the fucking boxes shipped to the hotel. You never had all there's these nothing, sizes. Nothing was, worse when you see people ship the boxes to the hotel and then have to ship them back because they didn't sell much. Of course. Yeah. Of course, you, like you know, you got to find somebody to maybe pick it up for you. Yeah, I found the best thing to do is posters, because people want something, and you just have someone design like posters. an artist make a cool poster for the gig. And then yeah, it costs like a dollar a piece. You sell them for twenty. You sign them at the end. You meet people. Fucking make a couple thousand. Then you just posters. That was so it's a picture of you, like whatever. I just had different artists. Like right. I have fans who are artists, and I, I just say on the podcast like. Design me some posters. I'm going on tour. So I'd have like a dozen different posters. Genius. And I'd pay the artists. Right. And then you just like, it's not a big, it's not, you, there's right. no sizes. Right. You know what I mean? One size fits yeah. all the poster. People want to walk away with something. All right. So, so what? No road. What are you doing then? How do you make a living? Commercials. Oh, you did the commercials. Writing. So oh, the writing started. Did you write for Ch- shows? I wrote a punch up for sh- like the Wayans Brothers show. When did you get married? Up. When did you start having kids and that shit? That was 2000. After Vibe? Oh, yeah. Vibe is 97. I got married in 06. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So you're like kind of old. I'm an older fella, yeah. To get married. 37, 38, I think it was. Well, you knew. I knew. Did you always want to? No. <laughs> I wanted to be George Clooney. Oh, yeah. And then it got old. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Either I, maybe I don't have the stamina to be fucking all these girls, or I need to be with one. And I'll, I always, I always knew eventually. Like yeah. I saw the picture in my head. Yeah, Christmas and yeah, vacations, yeah. Sure. and I wanted, yeah. I wanted all that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I wanted to be a whore, but I, I couldn't. Yeah, it, it, as you get older, it's hard, and it's certainly hard now. Yeah, and nobody. I don't think girls liked me like that. No, to be the whore guy. You know what I mean? Like You're I'm the guy. Too nice a guy. I'm not the guy. I'm the guy at the strip club that the girl decides to take a break and come talk to. Yeah, yeah. How you doing? Like baby? my friends are like, I'm gonna take you back to the house and do all this shit. And they come like, oh, you remind me of my dad. And yeah. I'm like, oh uh, fuck, I guess uh, that, go. nothing's gonna happen yeah. with me and you. Yeah. You need a Unless ride? you're fucking your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which might. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's probably why she's here. <laughs> yeah. So I I got married and we had kids quick. Matter of fact, what did she do? She is a she was a casting director. Oh, really? She did Entourage. So uh, she's still in the right. Now she's or producing no? now. Oh, yeah. For you or With you got me. a company? Well, right, yeah. right. I just directed my first feature. Right, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. And so she did started off it? as cast I wrote it, yeah, part with my partner Eric Daniel. Started off as a she cast it and then all of a sudden 
she just started f- fixing all these holes. You know, independent movies, shit, ha- shit is going awry all over the place. And she just started fixing shit. And she's like, you know what? I need a fucking real title. And they gave it to her. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? So how much did, it, did you shoot it for? How much did you cost? Under 10 million. Un- that's, that's, that's a pretty expensive indie. Pretty good. Yeah, like I, when I think about my friends who are big time directors now, like their first movies, like Antoine Foucault and F. Gary Gray and Malcolm Lee, they had like two, three, four million dollar movies. John Singleton. Yeah. And for me to come out the gate with a big ass movie like this, like it, it better be good. So you got backers and all that? Who's starring it? Wesley Snipes, huh? Tiffany Haddish, <gasps> Tiffany. And then four very funny comedians. I don't know if you know Gary Owen, yeah. Faison Love, yeah. Bill Bellamy, and J.B. Smoove. Bill Bellamy. Yes. That's another one. New York. New York, yes. Had that show. Yeah. So it's about these four male, five male exotic dancers that get back together after 30 years to help this woman save her hotel and club. And it was kind of like Magic Mike meets the Full Monty. Mm -hmm. The original name was my Magic Johnson. Yeah. (laughs) And then like an idiot, I called him to see if it was okay. And he was like, no, motherfucker, it's not okay. (laughs) I was like, shit, I should have just waited to get in trouble. (laughs) Do you have a, a relationship with Magic Johnson? Yeah. You know all of these people. I, yeah. Black Hollywood is small. Yeah. So we're going to see a so, couple things. I've never left LA, so I've run into people. I went to UCLA, I've run into people. Then right. I, I, I've had a little bit of TV fame, and then I write for all the award shows. So yeah. all the award shows, I'm going to see Oprah, Will, Magic, you know, Will I Am, Kanye. Yeah. yeah. And so. I'm writing copy for them, so I'm becoming friendly with them. Sure. And then, you know, and then there's an after party, and then, and then I hosted like three of the hottest urban comedy nights in L.A. You did. I created Chocolate Sundays with my childhood friend Poogie Wigginton, yeah. which was at the Laugh Factory. It's going on twenty some years strong. That was you. That was me. And then Fat Tuesdays after Guy Tory left, my partner Drew Tillman and I started doing Tripping on Tuesdays. Yeah. Then I was like, you know what? Where's that? The improv? That was at the comedy store in the main room. Okay. Right, right after Guy Tory finished. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I, I'm tired of. I had a lot of friends that were like, I'm not coming all the way to Hollywood. So then I started doing a room at the Savoy in Englewood, not too far from the airport. And that held like four or 500 people. Yeah. And it would be packed every Wednesday night. Really? Because those people were dying for entertainment. Yeah. And what was great about them. As opposed to up here, yeah. no guest list. Right. Like people are like, fuck it, I'll pay twenty dollars. And what I learned from my partner Poogie, um, he would never advertise who was coming. He would advertise who you missed. So when Chris Tucker, Kevin Hart, Chappelle, uh uh, you know, uh, Wanda, whoever came through, you'd be like, You should have been here last week because you missed yeah. X, Y, and Z. Right. And then they're like, This week who's here? Yeah. We don't want to talk about we, it. We're not gonna talk about it. <laughs> But you remember two weeks ago, you <laughs> fucked up and didn't go. And so I I started bringing a lot of those people to Inglewood. So you're making a lot of money producing the shows? Not a lot of money. But enough to get by? I mean, uh, private school money. So yeah. enough, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Wow, so that's a hustle. What it's was hustle. the name of that place down on Pico that was a black The girl? Comedy Union. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Enns Mitchell, a uh, good friend of mine. I used to work there all the time. With that dude with the long, uh, with Dread the dreads? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I did, uh, we shot uh, an episode of my show down there. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I remember I did a, I think I did a set there once if that's possible. He absolutely was open every night. Yeah, Chelsea got her fucking start down there. Chelsea Handler. Yeah. Matter of fact, there's a story. Uh, this is a true story. I'm fucking yeah. gonna tell it. She goes to Montreal and bombs. Yeah. And whoever was supposed to see her didn't like it, and then ends hooked it up. 
for her to be, for people to see her again and do a showcase at the Common Union and she killed and then she became Chelsea Handler and forgot about ends. Oh, really? <laughs> I think I kind of knew that story because I remember like I did a Comedy Central Presents taping uh -huh. with her. Okay. Right before the E! Network uh, and all that stuff, when she was maybe had one book out and she was doing right. stand-up. It wasn't great. No. But- uh, You saw something. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I like her. She's been a champion of mine, I, and, and I, I like her. I've interviewed her, and she's uh, she's you know tough, but she's a good person. Right. Like a truly good person, mm -hmm. I think. Don't yeah. you think? Oh, yeah. I saw her documentary, and I was like, oh, I'm in love with her. Yeah. yeah. So this movie- that's a good cast. So that's what you're hang you're hanging it on Tiffany, huh? They're, they're hanging on Tiffany and Wesley, and then the other guys are so fucking funny. I like this 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 old Wesley phase. I like what he's doing. Yeah, you like saw, he's weird. You saw True Lies with him and Kevin. Uh, oh, it's good. I watched him in the, in the in the Eddie Murphy movie. Oh yeah, Dolomite. Yeah, and I was like, not Dolomite. Yeah, Dolomite and no. Coming to America too. Yes, or three. Two. Where I'm sort of like, oh, he's really embracing a weird old dude. Yes, like he's going to do some weird shit. Wait till you see him in this. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a real actor. No, I know. Man. He's a real actor. Like he, we, like the talks we had before. I was like, you know, I'm used to motherfucker. Just take the script or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's like, do you think he would? And I'm thinking, and then he should, and then a mustache or a goatee, and oh, yeah. a ponytail or a perm. I'm uh -huh. like, oh, you're. You're, you're the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, we're hip-hop actors. We're yeah. like, you know, we have personality. <laughs> we can memorize the lines, and there's some, sh hopefully some magical shit will happen on the day. Tiffany's a, a natural. Natural, yeah. She it's killed, wild. She kills this movie. Yeah. yeah. So is it done? Done. In the can. Not really? in the can, sorry. Editing. Okay. We're in post right now. And you're looking, for, you're looking at June? June is July, yeah. That's good. Then yeah. we'll, I'll plug it I'll plug it for you. Yeah. And then I'll be, a, I'll be known as a director. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Kevin Hart and I created a TV show called Real Husbands of Hollywood. Yeah, when's that going to be on? That starts February 10th. That's good. You can plug that. Plugging uh, February 10th <laughs> on BET Plus, which nobody has, but you guys should go get. Everyone's getting pluses now. Yes. Yeah. Maxes and pluses. Yeah, yeah. BET yes, uh, Plus. Yes. You get it on your phone? That's their streaming service. That's get the it on you your phone? Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Then we have a possibility of people, 13 people seeing it. What's it called? Real Husbands of Hollywood. You and Kevin. I created with Kevin, but Kevin, Nick Cannon, Nelly, Robin Thicke, Dwayne Martin, Boris Kojo, J.B. Smoove, <laughs> Cynthia McWilliams. Uh, we have some guest stars that are great this year. We have uh, uh, Dr. Phil came on. We always have amazing guest stars. Yeah. We had Shaq. We've had Chris Brown. What's Neil the Long. angle? It's basically a spoof on all oh. let me take it back it started off as a sketch that I wrote for the BET Awards for Kevin yeah and then which was a spoof on all these housewife shows yeah and it was Jermaine Dupree Bobby Brown Anthony Anderson uh, Nick Cannon and Kevin and it just blew up and went viral yeah and then people were sending were, were petitioning and uh, putting creating campaigns and fake Facebook pages this show needs to be on air yeah and then the next year I wrote for Sam Jackson on the BET Awards we did the sketch again and then it was just undeniable oh yeah yeah you gotta check it out how's Sam funny. Jackson fucking the real deal yeah but he'll have to tell you some shit yeah he'll be like can, can, can we get nope, one more take nope okay then we're gonna move on <laughs> I think you got it already <laughs> you, you're absolutely right Sam what was I thinking this motherfucker's cold blooded. Oh. Nope. And he looks at you like, I'm not doing it again. He's like, I'm like, why would you do it again? Let's everybody, come on, let's go. We're on the wrong set. Seriously. Intimidating. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And then he'll wink at somebody. Yeah. But he's great. I, yeah, I love him. So you got a lot of things going on. Um, and then you're on the Cosby doc. You're like uh -huh. a Cosby uh, official Cosby uh uh commentator. 
Yeah. Why'd you get that gig? So I'm, I'm a connector in Hollywood, right? Like Clearly. people call me to get other people, right? Yeah. And then I go, hey, motherfucker. Is that okay? And then I say, me too. Uh, no. Okay. No, not at all. But I'm fucking <laughs> making sure I get a check. Yeah. But I'm the guy that they go, I'm all, you won't believe the calls I get. Yeah. I got a call one time from the White House yeah. that said, we heard Will Smith is in town and President Barack would like to play golf with him. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck are you calling me? They go, we, well, we know you know him. <laughs> You know Will. And so I hooked up Will and fucking Barack Obama. When he was in office. When he was in office. <laughs> so I always get these calls. I, I, I you know, I, uh, I, I, I saw Chris beefs. Rock could track you down, you know, at the, at the office, but they right. can't find, the White House can't find Will. The White House can't It's find. funny you mentioned that about Chris, because he's called my cell phone before, and I'm like, what? I was I, out to dinner with my dad, <laughs> and I get a call, and it's not a number I recognize. I'm like, hello? He goes, it's Chris Rock. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> what did he want? He was, I can't, he wanted to, he had listened to an episode. I think he had listened to like the Fred Stoller episode or something. Fred Stoller! Yeah. And he's like, he, he just wanted to tell me. Right, like I got to go back and listen to all these fucking episodes. If you've had all these people. Fred oh yeah, Stoller dude. I've had people. all of them. I had Billy Braver on. I don't know Billy Braver. That's before your time, before my time. He was a comedy store guy. Uh-huh. All right. So the Cosby thing. Mm-hmm. How did it happen? So they called, no. So a friend of mine was producing and they said, we need you to help us get some people. And you too. Yeah. So it was oh, one right. of those. So right. I helped That's them the get worst, that, that yeah. add on. I, and I, I, oh, yeah, I take, you too, man. I used to get offended, but I was like, fuck it. Yes, me too. I'm coming. Okay. And so I helped them. With the, a lot of people didn't want to do it. I, matter of fact, I think Kamau was on CNN or somewhere saying more people said no than yes. Huh. Yeah. A lot of people didn't want to touch that topic. Because of the, uh, not because, because of their You don't want to seem like you're advocating for him. And then you don't want to shit on him because he was your hero growing up. You know what I mean? So people... Well, people, everyone had to be kind of diplomatic. Right. You know, I mean, that was the whole point of that thing is that, you know, we can exist with both sides of this man. Mm-hmm. We can have our good memories right. and still realize he's a fucking monster. Right. I mean, that seemed to be the point of it. Right. And I don't know who it was really directed at. I have to assume the black community on some level. I think everybody, because remember, like he was everybody's. No, dad. I get it. I get Jello it. But like, no, for us, for sure. There's a lot of sort of like, nah. Like, oh yeah, I, no. We, I was in denial for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, no, ain't no black woman came forth, and all yeah. of a sudden, it's like Beverly Johnson, <laughs> as you'll see in the documentary. That, that was kind of the one her, that got you. I was like, oh shit, because she was a friend of mine, and you knew before, you knew her before it, right? Yeah. You, but you knew she was a victim, though. I know you, she was a victim. No, 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 no. You okay. known her before she. She I know her before, of, yeah. I know her daughter since she was like, I'm, and, you know, I, I know you the mean, family. So you knew her before she was public with it. Yes. I see. And then when I saw her face, when she said it, I was like, oh, ruh Yeah. This could be real. Really? It took yeah. that? Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like she was trying to get something from him. It wasn't like they went all the way through with the deed. She said right. she drank the cappuccino felt something that said you motherfucker yeah because she had i guess i don't know if she had done drugs before or sure, she sure. just knew yeah she knew you know and she walked and she got out of there and i was like that, why, right, why would somebody story. tell a story like that that, you know that i remember there's a she had a struggle to get out right not because he was holding her but right. she was fucked up she was fucked up and she just knew she had to get out right and here's what's funny you heard we had heard stories about him i didn't like you i didn't. Had, well no i didn't know anything oh i heard stuff before well, apparently people have been hurting for, like, I mean, for Hannibal to do what he did. Right. It had to be out there. I knew nothing. Oh, no. I know since then. I haven't heard, I haven't heard from 90s. that guy in a while. Hannibal. I see Hannibal every now and then. Wait, what's he up to? He's doing fucking specials and still doing well. Okay. I just, for some Movies. reason. Movies. No, I see him occasionally in a movie. I haven't seen yeah. him lately, though. Yeah. 
So, all right. So, so you you get the call to to find some people for the Cosby thing. Yeah. No one wants to do it. So no now you're going to do, do all of it. Yes, <laughs> I'm imitating other comedians. I said, yeah, put that little. You and Godfrey, the other God, ones. Godfrey, he took, that shit seemed like it was the Godfrey special. Well, he, I guess he opened for the show. Right, right. he was, a he was the warm up. Yes, so, so he had somewhat of a relationship yeah. with him. I wish he would have talked more about that, but he didn't really get into that. Just but. dropped it real quick yeah. and did a few impressions. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, the thing about that doc, it's uh, it's the survivors. Mm-hmm. Those are, that's the right. That's where that doc lives. Man, right, is that you? You get to hear the full story, story from these n- these old ladies, right? Who you know don't know each other. That's what got me. Right, is like the ones that you know, kept it to themselves, and then they heard the fucking pill thing. And right, like, holy oh, shit! shit. No, I'm not the only one. The pill story. The 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 the. the there's no way. Right, it, it, and I think he gave them a nice amount of time. Yeah, and the thing about us as a culture, we were like, we're not, you're not going to take down another one of us. And it was like, oh, they're trying to get us. They try to take. We the weird thing is, you say that like you know you're not going to take down another one of us, but like, I I think he lost half of the culture with that with that fucking moralizing bullshit anyway. Oh, he did. Yeah, I mean, it but no, like, but a lot of us just thought of a lot of us was just, just like he's cranky. He's just man. a cranky old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. here's what's fucked up: a lot of the shit he was saying was true. Yeah. But the shit that we said, like he said in his apology, I thought it was just us talking yeah. about us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Although he really didn't fuck. He knew it wasn't. But it's some shit that you would say to right, us. Right. You knew it. Yeah. But you know the world was hearing it. And it just looked bad that you're, you're talking shit about us for everyone to hear. Well it's, like, well, it's like that famous, the first big Chris Rock bit. Right. Black people versus niggas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that bit. Yeah. Yeah. And we've always talked like that. Yeah. There's some niggas at that party over there. We ain't going. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I don't know if he regrets saying it, but that shit was big. Who? That bit. That Chris Rock. I wonder if he regrets doing that bit. It's a great bit. Great bit. Why would he regret it? Because like, he got a lot of backlash from it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, Nig- that's but it was niggas didn't like it. Sure. <laughs> but it, but there's a an honesty. No, to actually, it. black people didn't like right. it. Right. It's yeah. honesty. If there's to such it. a thing. As, as a well, difference. that's I mean, but that's one of the issues is that the sort of like keep it amongst ourselves thing. Right. You know, there's that that cuts both ways. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I mean, but the, I thought you did good in the Cosby documentary. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good talking to you, man. Absolutely. You feel good? Your kid's taking care of everything's Everything's good? I, yeah. can make, I can make halftime? No, we missed yeah. the game. All right. Thank you, brother. I'll see you. Are you working tonight? I am. I'll see you over there. All right. All right. That was Chris Spencer again on Twitter. You can go to his website as well. See where he's on tour. He'll be at the Virginia Beach Funny Bone this Friday and Saturday. I will be in San Diego this Friday, February 11th, at the Observatory North Park. Two shows. Got next week, Napa, California, Friday, February 18th, at the Uptown Theater in San Francisco, Saturday, February 19th. Two shows at the Palace of Fine Arts. You can go to wtfpod.com tour to get links to tickets. And no music today. No music today because I'm in New York in the nicest hotel room I've ever stayed in. All right? Enough. Boomer lives. Monkey. LaFonda. Cat angels everywhere. Of course, shout out to the living cats. Buster and Smushy. Booster and Sammy. Sammy Red. Schmooly. It was his birthday a few days ago. Sammy's a year old. All right, goodbye.